Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. Man, LAFC have won. You know, their back-to-back wins against Vancouver. It was it was a 3-1. It was a crazy finish, to say the least. I mean, there was just so much going on. The refs, you had the coach going crazy. Uh, let's bring in Justin. Justin, how you doing? Doing well, man. Yeah, as you say, uh, LAFC got the job done in Vancouver just as they wanted to do. And now comes a nearly three-week break, essentially, right, with this international break. So uh, into the next round, but you got to wait for it. Yeah, yeah, no, like, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about that, but look, look, let's talk about around the league as well, because look, mm-hmm. you, you will have the biggest upset, you got SKC beat the number one seed, St. Louis, um, I, I think a lot of us thought that, at least for me, I thought, I don't know how far uh, uh, St. Louis was going to go, but I, I didn't expect them to lose in the first round, necessarily, and to go out this way against an SK team who came in as a wild card and just snuck, snuck in. This is obviously the biggest, the biggest one, and it was very impressive. What were your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, what was so impressive to me about this wasn't it wasn't just SKC going and getting lucky or finding ways to win or these type of things. No, they outplayed St. Louis for 180 minutes, home and away, right? And I think that that was the the statement to say. MLS Cup playoffs are a whole different thing. And St. Louis were an incredible team throughout the entire year and should be given all the credit in the world for their expansion season. But they got a baptism by fire in the MLS Cup playoffs. And that is what you can see because it is it is a different ball game. And uh, SKC fans obviously brought that energy back home. It was a, a closer game maybe, but still controlled, I think, for the most part, in terms of the clear chances by SKC. Uh, you saw that same thing in St. Louis, where they they started off a little bit more defensive, but they were still controlling the way that the game was played. Um, and I think that, you know, you, you give Peter Vermees a ton of credit for the way that he's turned around this team. Obviously, Gotti Kinda and, and Alan Polito coming back have completely changed the way that this team uh, operates, and, and they become one of the uh, contenders now all of a sudden, I guess you could say. So, yeah, f- fantastic, and this is why you love MLS Cup playoffs because anything can happen, even in a best of three. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the biggest thing too, right? You'll see what happened with with the Houston Dynamo and RSL. That that series is what they they're tied up now, right? RSL won the second leg, and now they're going to go to the third leg. Um, that's what I think. That's what makes it interesting, and also uh, on the bottom of of this group too, as well. You got the Seattle Sounders um, versus the the Dallas versus Dallas FC Dallas. That is very, very impressive as well because they also won one apiece. Um, and LAFC is sitting pretty good right now because they don't have to play a third game. Um, obviously, outside of SKC, LAFC, you know, is going to take this week off. They're going to see who they're going to have to play, either the Sounders or FC Dallas. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be the Sounders because they got to play that, that third game back at home. Um, it's looking like it's going to be, but I don't want to jump the gun. 
Um, it could be, a, it's looking like it could be the Sounders, but look, FC Dallas will still have a lot of fight, even if they're without their best player, uh, one of their best players. Uh, what do you make of that matchup? Because that, that is a very interesting matchup, uh, the, the Sounders and FC Dallas. No, I mean, it's a huge point that you allude to Alan Velasco uh, tearing his ACL. Of course, we need to ban turf in this league. We can harp on it again and again and again. Um, but for FC Dallas, they have to fight through it and try and find a way to to get the victory anyway. As you say, LAFC fans are obviously all going to be huge FC Dallas fans for a day. Um, because if, if Dallas win, that means LAFC host at home in the semifinal. They have the conference final at home guaranteed already should they reach that. Um, but yeah, as you say, it's going to be a very difficult task for Dallas to go into Seattle and try and find a an elimination win with, uh, you know, Seattle's back against the wall. Dallas has it too, but they already did. And so it's one of those things where Seattle in Seattle has been a very, very difficult game for any MLS team, especially come playoffs. And that would be the case as well for LAFC should, should Seattle win. So yeah, very, very tough uh, battle, but LAFC fans will be hoping that Dallas can pull it off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that home field advantage goes a long way, especially especially in the mm. playoffs and everything you mentioned. Let's quickly talk about the Eastern Conference. Obviously, Cincinnati being the best team in MLS, they they they. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. They obviously beat uh, the Red Bulls. Um, no surprise there, even though the second game was a lot closer. You still got a couple other games like Philly won, won the first one three to one. Um, Columbus won two zero, and then Orlando won one zero. So they're playing their second leg. Uh, today and then I think Philly plays theirs tomorrow. Um, what are your thoughts on the on the Eastern Conference? Yeah, I mean, I told you at the beginning that I thought that the the Red Bull series would actually be closer than you know two zero. I thought it might go three. Uh, Red Bulls did, as you say, make a, a somewhat of a game of it, but. You know, Red Bulls, that is the type of team that they want to play against, a possession-dominant team where they can sit back and hit on the counter, and that's the way that they want to play. So you thought that they would match up better. Cincinnati showed, well, we are not St. Louis. We are going to carry that form that we've had all season into the playoffs, and it's it's worked very well. Uh, yeah, as far as the other matchups, I think that we're going to see uh, maybe a couple knocked out in, in Game 2. Uh, Orlando-Nashville kind of intrigues me. I think that Nashville are a very... Uh, playoff type of team we saw in leagues cup right they're good in tournaments that's a defensive team generally is that helps them and so i would expect that maybe to go to three um and become a good series but yeah it's it's fun because you know these these game threes are like what you would expect from a game one right from a single elimination and it's so interesting to me um because we all want all these game threes but they could have all just been game threes in the first place so yeah. uh that yeah, that, that's a whole other thing that we have had a whole episode about, so we don't need to dive into it. But it, it's uh, well, let's talk. Let's talk about it a little bit now that we have actually seen it, right? Because before yeah. we had we had initial thoughts. Now that you've actually seen it, and obviously the surprises, like we mentioned earlier, SKC that's coming out of the surprises, FC Dallas getting one yeah. uh, on the Sounders. What's your overall thoughts on this best of three format now? Now that we've seen it play out so far. Yeah, I think that it's clearly you know, not been the correct decision. I think that if you want to do home and away, there's arguments for that to be made. I get why that happens. And and we've seen the benefits of every team getting a home playoff game. I think we can understand that. I also understand the benefits of a team like St. Louis City, right? To have a very, very bad game at home in game one of their playoff uh, experience. And they shouldn't be, you know, just eliminated from the playoffs because of one horrible game after such an incredible season. I get that argument too. Granted, they couldn't perform in game two either, but I get why they shouldn't be there, right? 
My problem is that you then create a host of game twos where only one team has their life on the line. And that that is problematic. It becomes even more ridiculous when it goes to a penalty shootout and you have a penalty shootout where only one team can get eliminated. I mean, that defeats the entire purpose of a penalty shootout. How do you have pressure on yourself taking a penalty knowing that you're not even going to get eliminated if you miss it? I mean, that that is contradictory to what the game is about, in my opinion. And so I do have a problem there. Um, but I think that there were at least a couple positives that I mentioned that that maybe were there, but I think that they can be incorporated in in different structures, such as home and away. Yeah, I th- I, look, I think you, you hit the nail on the head when talking about the, the penalties, right? Because we're so accustomed right, uh, uh, in this game that once you win the penalty, you win, you move on. But then that's, that's not the case. You just win that game of the series. And that's what's, a lo- what's the most head scratching about this, right? Like, obviously, they're not going to want to play more than 90 minutes, and I get why they go straight to penalties, but that part just doesn't make sense, and I think that's why, like, MLS has gotten a lot of criticism from around the world when you try to be innovative, and I think right now the rest of the world is not there just yet. Obviously, we saw in League's Cup, we saw how exciting that was, but, I, you know, like, when you want to change rules, especially, especially in this game, a lot of people are traditional. People like the rules that have been, you know, for, like, hundreds of years or decades or whatever you want to call it, right? Like people are accustomed to those rules. And I think when we want to stretch those rules out a little bit and they need to be more subtle, like look at VAR, right? Still people don't even like VAR, but they think we need to get rid of it and go back to the old way and all these different things. It takes some time. And I think if MLS and Apple want to be a little bit more subtle or introduce something, um, I think then it starts to make sense. But yeah, the penalty, that's the biggest head scratcher. But I guess, look, the the best of three, you know, you give yourself you give yourself a second chance. But you mentioned, right, moving on to the next round, it's just one game. So you don't even get your ch- – so you have to play out. And I think we're so used to, like, the MLS playoffs, how they've been. You win, you win, and you keep moving on. You win, you keep moving on. And I think them switching, right, like I know I'm going back a little bit, but them switching the playoff format every year is what is what is like what's going on <laughs> let's let's just stick to one format you know hopefully we can stick to one for for a number of years before we decide to change it yeah no absolutely you took the words out of my mouth there with var i think that's the perfect uh kind of analogy that you could put where it's it's a major change to the game to the actual structure of the game and people don't like it and it hasn't really been beneficial yet to the game and i think uh that that is inherently proof right that is the one thing that you would think well it could improve right if we could just uh, you know, eliminate all of these terrible calls and we can just overturn them with with simple video review that should be able to help us. That was the original idea behind VAR, right? But it hasn't worked, I don't think, at least from my perspective. I think they've made it too complex. That's the thing. They've made it too nitpicky and like what's well, like they need it's it's just too nitpicky. And I think I think there's no clear um there's no clear rule of what it is what. And I think when they made it too nitpicky is what that's where you get in this gray area of VAR is right now. Yeah, I think the way that I phrase that is that rather than abiding by the clear and obvious rule that I think MLS does better than most leagues throughout the world, they are just re-refing the game on video review. And that is is problematic. But more to the point, it ultimately shows that you know the game doesn't need to be changed. It has been the way that it is for a very long time because everyone enjoys it, because it works well, and because it is the most popular sport in the world because of the way that it is structured. That doesn't mean that there's any reason to change it, and if it ain't broke, they always say, don't fix it. Yeah. I'm, I would just to finish that, I'm, I'm a fan of VAR, but just not the way they're used. We should have a whole episode on that because I am staunchly anti-VAR. 
Okay, we we should we should um not today because we don't we don't have we don't have enough we don't time have time today. but <laughs> um but let, let's let's go let's let's go um oh we gotta hit on this I, I didn't write this on the notes uh Chicharito says goodbye to the LA yeah. Galaxy thanks 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 to the LA Galaxy fans I kind of saw this coming um I think everybody saw this this was his last year he tore his ACL it's kind of hard to bring back a guy after he tore his ACL like midway through the season and resign him right to another big year uh, contract um. I think, you know, Chicharito had an, uh, an amazing 2021 season where he started off the year hot. Obviously, last season, they, they took LFC, you know, to the final minute. Um, he also had, you know, one of his – he also had his jerseys. He was, like, the best-selling jersey in MLS. So he did have an impact in the MLS. Um, he did have an impact with the Galaxy. When, it, when I was at those games and he would score, the whole stadium would go crazy. But when he wouldn't score, people were like, were like they either love you or hate you, right? And that, that was the, that's who Chicharito is. Um, that's how he's been, you know, characterized. And you know how you know at times he self-inflicts it, you know, with his with his I feel like his um, his social media presence or or just how he is his personality. Um, I think he I think it's clear like he didn't he and the other galaxy weren't able to achieve everything they wanted to achieve. Um, right, was with championships, but I also would say this: Slatan wasn't able to win a championship either, right? And and the reason why I bring up Slatan is not that I'm trying to compare the two, is that I'm I'm more so looking at the organization of the LA Galaxy. Like you've had these two top scores, right? And we saw Slatan went back back to Europe, back we're back to Italy, and was still able to be a scorer and, and win trophies over there. And I think this is so much more on the LA Galaxy not being able to capitalize on the type of players they've been able to bring in, just because organizationally they've been they haven't been structured properly. But overall, I, I think it was a big big announcement when Chicharito first came in to the Galaxy. It didn't start off right. The middle of his career was pretty good. And then it end it ended the way it started. Obviously, not well. Yeah, obviously, uh, a season long injury is a tough way to end your tenure with the Galaxy. But I think uh, the way that I will always remember Chicharito is is the passion that he always brought to the game. And I think that that is uh, it should not be overlooked. It's so important not only to bring that passion in the locker room and on the field, but he brought it in the press conferences with the fans with Every moment of his life was was passionate, um, and I think that that is we want more of that in that in this league. We want more players to be honest about their emotions, to be open about their emotions. And Chicharito would tell you how he felt, no matter if it was positive, negative, or anywhere in between. He was uh, a, a great you know player to have in this league, and I think he very well may stay in this league. I hope he does, um, because I think there are a few teams that could use him, and that he would like to go to i know the popular thought is chicago right now i don't quite understand that with the way that chicago are going i think a place like austin would fit him extremely well um so i i hope that he can stay in mls rather than for example go to liga mekis but you know i will always appreciate the passion that chicharito brought to the game and you can compare him to zlatan as well in that passion but chicharito didn't bring it with the ego chicharito was honest he was straightforward uh and i always respected that about him yeah, look, and to, to to hit on more on that, like Chicharito with the LA Galaxy, you never doubted that he 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 loved or not loved playing for the game. Maybe in the beginning, because we were unsure that was during COVID and all these different things, right? And he was dealing with personal stuff that nobody knew at the time. And I think 
when when I look at Chicharito and his future, like I think there's three clear options. I think it's Liga MX slash Chivas, which obviously makes the most sense. Number two is MLS, right? Somewhere in the MLS, someone is going to throw willing to give them the bag in MLS, and you should, right? Because you're going to be able to sell jerseys and potentially, you know. But depending who you have, you're talking Chicago Fire. He's starting for the Chicago Fire, right? Like, you know, Absolutely. it's like any yeah, other yeah. any other team. You could probably bring him off the bench or whatever. Like Austin, like Austin would be a perfect perfect fit. And the third option I have for Chicharito would be it's, it's a little further away, but if Douglas Costa can go to Saudi Arabia, so can Chicharito. Like I can yeah. definitely see Chicharito getting a bag out in Saudi Arabia. Maybe that's a little further than the top two, but like I'm with you. I think if he can, he should stay in MLS. Yeah, the question is exactly what you bring up. How much is MLS willing to throw at him, right? Is there a team willing to still give him a DP contract? Because probably not worth that, right? Similar to Carlos Vela. Is there a team willing to put him close to a million? How, like how close? I think that? he's still DP. Not maybe not not here in California, but he's he is Oof. DP level. If I doubt, other, I saw to to another team, to other teams in the MLS. Yeah, like if you're struggling yeah. and you I need and team. you need. If you're struggling and you need, um, I know this is not the way to think about it, but there are teams that just need to get fans in seats, and Chicharita will bring fans to the seats. So like he is worth it. Like yeah, but you, well, he you was playing like seven DP million. Put butts in seats. DP has to perform on the field. Hard, yes, but yes, I 100% agree with you. But the business of the sport, like if you're like a Chicago Fire a team that's probably not going to have, let's say it's going to be pretty mediocre, and you can bring a, a Chicharito in, that automatically makes you better. Uh, you're going to get better attendance numbers and you're going to get a, a goal scorer, right? Now, depending how many games he plays, that's a whole different thing, right? Coming back from the, from the, from his injury because it's still unknown. But I, but I think he is still DP caliber, maybe to certain teams, not to everybody, but to certain teams they can pay him. There would be, in my opinion, I think they would be willing to pay him DP type money. Yeah. I might think somewhere in the six to 800K range, somewhere, somewhere around there. I saw a poll... Um, put out by one of the extra time guys, I can't remember who it was, saying, would you take him for 500K for a year? And a lot of people were saying no. So that that blew my mind. Um, because Well, that- those are your talk- you're talking about like contending teams. I don't think you need them, but like someone that's, that has nobody... <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know how you on Chicharito for 500k, but yeah, I think I think yeah, some somewhere closer to a million up there. DP would be, I think he, you know, he obviously stays for DP. So if somebody wants to give him that, I think he he stays. Um, and below that, I think is where the decisions come in. Yeah. Well, with that, guys, that finishes up. It's a quick pod. It got a lot going on, but we just wanted to hit this up. Um, yeah, stay tuned. I mean, we got we got LAC moving on. It's gonna be exciting. Whether it's the Sanders, FC Dallas. Um, the rest of the playoffs, man. It's gonna be a month long. We still got we still got a couple more weeks before we find out what's going on. And there's a break. It's, it's a bunch of shenanigans here. But, but Justin, this is Jill. Bye, everybody.